chapter 5, verse number 1. John chapter 5 and verse number 1. In case I don't get to do this later, if you're a guest, we welcome you today. We're so happy to have you. If this is your first time ever in an apostolic service, welcome to an apostolic service. John chapter 5, verse number 1. And this, after this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, a blind halt whither waiting for the moving of the water. Waiting for the moving of the water. Anybody feel water moving in this place this morning? For an angel. Now I'm just going to tell you. I'm just, just, just so you know. I believe this book with everything in me. If I believe the stuff that makes sense to my natural mind. And I believe the stuff that doesn't make sense to my natural mind. And so I believe what I'm about to read is literal and happen. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man, somebody say a certain man. This is not some hypothetical story. This happened. A certain man was there which had an infirmity 38 years. 38 years. Anybody this morning that you know what it's like to not feel well for a couple of days and then you get over it. Anybody know what most of us are? This wasn't just a cold. This wasn't COVID. 38 years he had this issue. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered and said, Answered him, Sir, I have no man. When the water is troubled to put me into the pool, but when but while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus saith unto him, Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately, and immediately, the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked on the same day was on the same and on the same day was the sabbath you can be seated god bless you 38 years i don't know how long he had been at the pool of bethesda but he had been Sick, he had had an issue for 38 years. 
Let me tell you part of what happens after you have some kind of an issue in your life that goes on for an extended period of time. You start to make up your mind to just learn how to cope. The longer you deal with it and the longer it doesn't go away, the more you decide it's not going away. Somehow, for some reason, even though it had been 38 years of this man's life, he still found himself laying at the place where miracles happened. Even though, based on his response to Jesus, I don't think he was really ever expecting to get what he needed. Because when Jesus asks him a question, he doesn't answer the question. He responds, but he doesn't answer the question. Because Jesus says, will you be made whole? Will you be made whole? He responds and says, there are some reasons. There are some reasons why I can't be made whole. There are some issues why I can't get what I need. Because I know the process. I know the way this works. The water gets troubled and you got to be the... I don't know, I've studied this passage before. I don't know if it's literally you got to be the first one or if you got to be one of the first ones. Either way, he says, I have a problem because I can't get there. It doesn't matter that the water's being troubled. It doesn't matter that whoever gets in the water gets what they need. I can't get there. But that wasn't the question. Jesus wasn't asking him about what you got to do and can you do it. Jesus says, will you, will you be made whole? I have no man. I, I, I have no way to get what I need, thankfully. Thankfully, Jesus did not give him the equivalent of his response. Because if Jesus would have responded to him based on his answer, Jesus would have simply said, oh well, and walked away. But can I tell you, while most of the time God responds to us, He doesn't initiate. When you've got a need, most of the time, God responds to you taking a step of faith. God doesn't just automatically respond to needs. I'll prove that to you. How many of you sitting here right now have a need in your life? If God just responded to needs, you wouldn't have a need. God responds to faith. But sometimes, and I believe today is, I I don't, we don't, again, if you're a guest, just to help you understand a little bit more of what I mean, we, we don't, we don't plan services. My wife, that fine looking lady that welcomed you this morning, that's my wife. And, 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 and uh, so, uh, needless to say, we live together because we're married. (laughs) But we don't, we don't plan services. 
We don't sit down and discuss. In fact, she's done it for years and she, God bless her, she keeps doing it. Every now and then she still keeps trying to prod me and find out what I'm preaching. And I don't tell her. Every so often, every so often, I do request the worship team to sing a song. But when that happens, I do let you know, so you know it was more orchestrated. But I, I, we, we don't coordinate. That's why, as I said, sometimes last week, last Sunday night service, boy, they were, they were, we were dancing and shouting and having a great time. And then I got up here and it was the wet blanket. And, and, and to be very honest, I love the services where it all goes in the same direction. But I also know how God works, and it doesn't always go the same. And that's not because the worship team or I messed up and didn't hear the right. That's because God knows I'm going to do a couple of different things, and usually it's a balance. But this morning... From the very first song, from the very first moment, there is not only something the Holy Ghost is saying here today, but I believe there is something the Holy Ghost wants to do here today. There is some people in this place today that God is asking you a question this morning. Will you be made whole? And if like this man, your response is all of the issues and the problems, you're in good company. But I believe this is one of those days where God is going to press past your lack of faith and your lack of initiative because He's made up His mind I want you to get what I have for you. Will you? Will you be made whole? I just can't. Kind of reminds me of a passage in the Old Testament. Prophet Ezekiel. He's in this valley of dry bones. It was a valley of bones, but not just bones. It was a valley of dry bones. The implication of dry bones means they've been there for a while. I've been to a couple of different game parks in Africa in my lifetime, and I've seen what it is to drive by and see the skeleton of animals that is completely dried out. They're, they're, it's just completely dry. That's because they've been there a while. And the Lord drops Ezekiel in the midst of this valley and says to him a really strange question. Can... These bones live. I asked somebody a question today that's looking at some very dry bones in your life. In fact, I think the Lord is asking you a question this morning. Can these bones live? Can your very dry bones 
live. Can some of the problems in your life that you've been dealing with a long time, can they change? Can some of the sickness that's been in some of your body for a long time, can it be healed? Can some of the family dynamics you've been dealing with for a long time, can God do something about it? I don't care how dry it looks. I don't care how long it's been dead. God is asking a question today. Can they live? What is interesting to me is kind of like that man at the pool of Bethesda. Ezekiel responds and says, Lord, you know. Now I got, I got to tell you, I think it would have been much greater if Ezekiel would have responded and said, Yes, Lord, these bones can live. And that's what we can all judge him for not doing. They call that Monday morning quarterback. That's the people on Monday that sit that never been on the field in their life and criticize all the mistakes that they made on Sunday. And so, you know, it it would have been awesome if Ezekiel would have responded and said, Absolutely, God, you can do anything. But I got to tell you, I at least give him credit. Because first of all, he didn't say no. Secondly, he didn't even say, I don't know. While he didn't respond in the affirmative, he responds and says, Lord, you know. Can I tell somebody this morning, you may not really be certain if he can. But he knows he can. And can I tell you, when God initiates, you ever had somebody ask you a question because they didn't know the answer? Isn't that normally why we ask questions? Normally when we ask a question, we don't know the answer. But let me tell you something, there's several places throughout Scripture where God asks questions. He wasn't looking for an answer. I mean, meaning he didn't, he, he wasn't looking for an answer because he didn't know the answer. It was usually always a setup. <laughs> he was always setting them up with his questions because he was already a couple of moves ahead. And so Ezekiel can these bones live. I, I don't know, Lord, but you know. And I'm not going to take the time to go through the whole chapter, the whole story this morning, but the end of the story is a valley of very dry bones was resurrected into a great army. I feel like there's some people here today that again, you know what, if you just came across a problem in your life this week, I'm not telling you this morning that God's not going to help you today. But I just feel like there's some people here today that you've been dealing with stuff for a while. You've been going through some things for a while. And again, because of how long you've gone through it, it's easy to get into a survival mode. But I believe God has stepped into this sanctuary today and he's asking some people a question this morning. Do you want to be made whole? Do you want this to be resurrected? Do you want this to be worked out? And he's not asking you because he doesn't know the answer. He's just trying to take the first step to get the ball rolling. Show me one thing he can't do. Show me a mountain he can't move. 
show me anything that is impossible for God. My Bible says that with God, with God, with God, all things are possible. All things. A man that's been sick for 38 years, it's possible for it to turn around. A valley of very dry bones, it is possible for them to be resurrected. How about this one, Acts chapter 3 and verse number 1. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, ask an alms. He was asking for, for a donation. He was asking for some money. Now the Bible says of the first man we read about, he was, he, he was 38. He had dealt with his issue 38 years. This, this passage doesn't give us how old this man is. It just tells us he's a certain man. And this certain man has dealt with his issues since birth. And I don't know here, we don't know how long the, the man had been brought to the pool of Bethesda. And we don't know how long here this man had been, how, 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 what length of time, how many days he had been brought to be laid at the temple gate. All we know is that at this point in time, he was laid there daily. Now, now I want you to watch Watch this, and some of you know the rest of this story. But every day, he's brought to the temple, but he has settled in, only looking for so much. Uh, I need to get them back up here and get you moving a little bit again. Every day he's sitting outside the temple. But all he is asking is for just a little bit of money. All he is expecting is a little bit of money. This is your first couple of times or first time today. Pardon me for a moment to just address those that come all the time. Because I believe I'm preaching to some people here this morning that come all the time. But you've settled into a mentality. Oh, you're outside the temple where anything is possible. But all you're asking for is just a little bit of money. I just need a little bit of money. Anything is possible, but all you're asking for is just alms. Peter and John go to the temple and he asks them alms. 
And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting only to receive what he asked. I know it doesn't say it there, but I, I, I think that's what it's saying. He, he responded to them, expecting them to give him what he asked for. Some of you came today expecting Jesus to give you nothing. You didn't come with any. Part of the reason we do that is because we don't want to get disappointed. We either stop asking or we lower our expectations of asking because we get, we, we get so weary of being disappointed. I got to tell you, I have felt, I felt convicted in the last couple of days. I said it, I think I just said it on Thursday night since for as long as I can remember. It has been my desire and goal in ministry, preaching, teaching, whatever, to, to be real. I want to be real. I don't want to sell you a bill of goods. This mess that if you send a thousand dollar seed offering, God's going to give you a hundred thousand dollars. It don't always happen that way. God is no get rich quick scheme. God is not the quick fix to all of the problems in your life. God is not the credit card that you keep in your wallet to bail you out when you've got no cash. Jesus said in this world you would have tribulation. Jesus himself said you're going to go through problems and difficulties in this world. Do you know why that's the case? I I, I don't. I may end up. I, I'm 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 struggling with direction for service this evening, but, but I, I've had a I've heard a couple of people over the last several weeks, especially struggling with things they're going through and, and difficulties. And 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 my wife and I've had a, she's had a couple conversations where about others. She's you know why why I mean. They're trying, they're this and that. Why are they going? Let me tell you one reason why you and I go through stuff here on earth. Because we have hell on earth. For the child of God, I'm not cussing. I grew up believing that C-R-A-P was a cuss word. That's what my parents taught me. I, I don't even say F-A-R-T. Kids are like, Dad, what we, t- we tell my friend, who passed gas? Come on, Dad. So but I'm, not, I'm not trying to play around with words here. I'm being serious. If you are on your way to heaven, this is your hell. This is it. This is it. Whatever you go through down here, that's what's going to be your hell. Because there's coming a day that the Scripture tells us no more tears, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more heartache, no more dying. But this isn't that day. 
That's why you shouldn't get envious of those who at this point aren't saved and life seems to be great. This is their heaven. This is the best it's ever going to be for them. Unless they're born again. I'm not trying to be just the Word of God. So why, you're je- why are you jealous by people who disregard God but life seems to go good? Because unless they change, this is the best they're ever going to have. But whatever you and I go through in this life as children of God, whatever adversity we face, whatever sickness we face, whatever difficulties, Brother Benner, I know it's a hard time, but the bottom line is this is as bad as it's ever going to be. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see when I look upon his face the one who saved me by his grace when he takes me by the hand and leads me to the promised land what a day what a glorious day that will be there'll be no more sorrow there no more burdens for us to bear no more sickness no more pain no more dying over there but forever I will be With the one who died for me. What a day. What a glorious day that will be. That's why the Apostle Paul said this. We look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. Because the things which are seen are temporal. But right before that, he says, our light affliction. Our light affliction is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal, eternal. What we see is temporal. What we feel is temporal. But there are some eternal things that this temporal life is actually trying to prepare us for. So all of that. To say, the past couple of days, Brother Isaac, I've been feeling a little bit convicted that I've become too realistic in my preaching and my teaching and my walk with God. Because there is a side of God. He may not always do it the way you want Him to do it. He may not always work it out the way you want, but there is a side of God that's able to step into your circumstances and say, do you want to be made whole? Can these bones live? I know you've been at this temple gate for a long time. What is it you really want? Do you really just want a little touch from God today? Or would you like something else? Peter said, silver and gold. Have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up and immediately, immediately, John 5, 
John 5 and verse 9, when Jesus spoke to the man at Bethesda, immediately the man was made whole, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength, and he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. Immediately. I'm going to tell you, I believe somebody is going to get an immediately today. I believe somebody's going to get an immediately today. Where the power of God is saying, I'm the God of the breakthrough, and anything is possible. Anything, anything, anything is possible. Hallelujah. And I'm going to, I think there's also a few people here. I'm not, I'm, I'm just, if you're a guest today, I, I don't, I don't, I don't have a sermon book that I get what to preach from. I mean, I do. This, this is my sermon book. Because any sermon that is not based on this book is pointless. You know what's sad? I'm trying to hurry because God wants to do something and I'm, I'm not trying to get in the way. But What's sad is when pastors have become nothing more than motivational speakers. We don't need that anymore. There may have been a day where you really could have used, but we got podcasts, we got YouTube, we got social media. We got, you, can get, you can get positive motivational speech. You can go get a life coach. Pulpit is not intended to be your life. Well, it is sort of your life, coach. Except it doesn't always tell you what you want to hear. But the pulpit is supposed to be based on this. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word will never pass away. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing not by a good speech. Hearing comes by the word of God. Jesus Christ. You know why I'm preaching I believe God can do anything today? is because my Bible says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If He's ever done it, He can still do it. If he did it before, he can do it again. There's also, I believe, so I said all that because if you're a guest today, I'm not just trying to come up with nice things to say. Telling you what I believe the Spirit of the Lord wants to say to you. I believe there's a few people today, you're just, you're still not quite sure about this God thing. And I believe that over the next couple of days, God's going to do something in your life. That God's going to do like 
happened in the scripture with Ezekiel and as happened with that lame man at the pool of Bethesda when Jesus shows up and says, would, would you like me to take care of this? <laughs> I got a question. Is there anybody this morning that you've got something you'd like God to take care of? If you don't have anything today you would like God to take care of, would you please come see me after church? Because I need you to let me know what the secret is. I believe God wants to take care of some things. That again, I'm more so there's some things, I I don't know who you are, what it is, but more so some things that some of you have just settled in. This is my life. This is what I'm going to have to deal with the rest of my life. And Jesus Christ is saying to you in this place today, "Would, would you be made whole? Would you like for me to take care of that? Would you like for me to fix that? Would you like for me to change that? Would you like for me to deliver you right now? Would you like for me to heal you right now? Would you like to have your mind set free right now? Last last passage, Mark 6 and 35. And when the day was far spent, his disciples came unto him and said, This is a desert place, and now the time is far past. Send them away, that they may go into the country round about, into the villages, and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. He answered and said unto them, Give them something to eat. You ever felt like you were talking to God and He just wasn't listening? I mean, he was listening, but he wasn't hearing. They came and said, Lord, these people have been here a long time. They're hungry. You need to send them away. He says, give them something to eat. They said, shall we go to Costco and Walmart and BJ's and buy them food? We can't do that. We don't have enough money, not to mention it's not even accessible. He says, how many loaves do you have? And then notice, remember what I said about when he asked you a question? Because he says, how many loaves do you have? And then he says, go see. Meaning he knew. There's some loaves. Somebody's got some loaves. I just need, I need you to tell me how many there are. And when they knew, they say, five and two fishes. Now let me, let me, just in case those of you that don't know this. Loaves here is not old time wheat bread packages like you get at Safeway. Loaves here is basically what you and I would think of as a dinner roll. And in one of the other Gospels, it says, just to make it clear, it was two small fish. There wasn't, there was 5,000, you'll find out, I'm not going to read it all this morning, but you'll find out if you read on, there was 5,000 men plus women and children. Now, you know what, if somebody was dragging around two whales... 
you might think we could feed all these people. But the Bible said he had two small fish. Jeremy, I think perch are usually kind of small, aren't they, most of the time? Yeah. He didn't have no rockfish. He had two small fish. All Jesus wanted to know was, what do you have? I just need to know what you have. Because I can do anything with something. What would you all think this morning if I walked in here this morning with a little old Happy Meal from McDonald's and I said, we, we are about to eat. And this is all we got. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody came up and kindly ushered me out the door thinking he has finally really lost it. <laughs> because you know, for you and I to meet a need, we've got to have the resources sufficient to meet the need. You know what? I'm going I'm to prophesy to somebody. I believe there's somebody in this place today that you're dealing with a financial situation that God, not about to give you a new job that over the next 30 years you can save up enough money to meet it. But God is about to show you what He can do in a moment. If He can take five loaves and two fishes and feed five thousand people tell me today what it is in your life that he can't do what problem is it that he can't fix what need is it you have today that is too big for him what sickness is it in your body today that is too hard for him will you be made whole See, there's a story. I'm, I'm, I'm done. We're about, to, we're about to pray. It would have been easier to pray 30 minutes ago. <laughs> there's a story in the Bible. The enemy wants to... I need somebody to be honest with me right now. Don't, don't be doing your, you know, putting on your fake face. How many of you ever struggle... Believing that God can or will do something. I'm not raising my hand to get you to raise your hand. I'm raising my hand. I got it. Let me let me ask this question. How many of you believe God can do anything? I believe just about every person in this room today believes God can do anything. But our struggle oftentimes is while we believe God can do anything, we really believe that for 
everybody else. It's one thing to believe God can do anything. It's another thing to believe God will do for you anything. But here's the good news today. I, I, I'm, I have a doctor's appointment tomorrow. And uh, I'm going to, going to a cardiologist. I was in the ER a couple weeks ago. They didn't find anything. Didn't Everything was normal, but just trying to be wise. And so, and I realized I'm about to reveal personal private information to you, and so be it. But I have to either take, um, I have to either show a proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test within two to three days. I hope I don't offend anybody, but I have to go this afternoon and get a COVID test. I've got to prove that I'm well enough. I know I'm touching a hot button topic right now. I got to go, I got to go pay money out of my pocket today. Not to mention the money I got to pay tomorrow. I got to prove that I'm well enough to go to the doctor because I might not be well. Can I tell you about a doctor today? Who doesn't tell you when you get well enough, come see me. When you get rid of all of your doubt, come see me. When you get rid of all of your fear, come see me. No. No. Because there was a man in the Bible who came to Jesus because his child had some serious issues. And he comes to Jesus and he says, Lord, I believe. You know that question a moment ago, how many of you believe? Can God, can, can God do anything? That's what he was saying. Lord, I believe. But then he said one more thing. Help my unbelief. What he was saying was, I've got faith in what you can do, but I've also got some doubt you'll do it. I ought to get a few more people getting excited than just two or three because most of us here today, if we're honest, would have to say, God, I believe you can do it, but I got a little bit of doubt if you will do it. And, and notice, Jesus did not respond to him and say, if you can bring me back a negative doubt test, if you can come show me proof you've got no doubts, then I'll heal you. Because he was honest with his unbelief, Jesus did what he needed. And I believe there's a few people here today as well 
that you said it and you do believe God can do anything but there's also a little part of you that's just not sure if he will and so I'm telling you today all you got to do is be honest you don't have to go work to get rid of all your doubt all you got to do is say God I do believe yes I've got some unbelief as well but I believe so help my unbelief and Jesus met that man's need I want you to stand if you would, please. I just, I want to challenge somebody right now. I want to challenge somebody right now. Again, if, if I had told my wife last night or this morning, hey, I, here's what I want you to sing because I, I know if you'll sing this, this will get people pumped up really good for my message. Then, then you know what? Just write it all off. But this is one of those days. This is one of those moments where God is so interested in doing something for you that He's put it all together from the beginning to the end. It's not just a coincidence. It's, it's not an accident. It's not just chance. But God wanted you to know from the very beginning this morning, uh, there's nothing too hard for me. There's no mountain in your life I can't move. There's no need in your life I can't meet. And then He sent me here this morning to declare that to you through His Word as well. And so some have already stepped out by faith. But I believe there's some more people in this place today that you've got some stuff. You've learned how to deal with it. You're learning how to cope with it. You're making up your mind. It's what you've always dealt with. So it's always going to be there. But I believe the Spirit of God, the power of God is in this place today saying to somebody, I will be thou made whole. In the name of Jesus. Come on, whether you're down front or in your seats, I want you just to close your eyes right now. Begin to focus on the power of God that's in this place today. I want you just to begin to think about the power of God. Don't think about the problem right now. Don't think about the mountain right now. Don't think about the situation you've been dealing with for 38 years or, or, or for all your life. But I just want you to think about the God who is able to do exceeding abundantly above anything you could ask or think. In the name of Jesus, I need some believers to come help right now. If you're not in need today, if you don't have a need today, then would you let God use you right now?